friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. Speaking of wisdom, yes, we're on this topic, aren't we? I have a really good friend in the audience that I have known for a couple years, and she's been on here before. Cricket. Hello. Cricket Olin is awesome. And I know a lot of people don't know you, but some people might. But I wanted you to come on today because you are so good at explaining what it's like to be in Christ. And a lot of people are like, what does that mean? Like, what is, what's in Christ? Like, it sounds so weird. Like, what are you doing? It sounds like a supernatural thing. But when people are, let's say, the reason why we bring this topic up, by the way, why I wanted you to come on is because sometimes this comes up at work in our private lives. And you always have such an explanation for when people are failing and act in a certain way and treating each other a certain way, conflict resolution, people fighting, backbiting, whether it be private, you know, public or work atmosphere, you just understand. And how did you come to that understanding? Because first of all, you weren't always this understanding cricket. So can you give us a little background about yourself? <laughs> I was not. Um, You're married. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Tell us who you are. Yeah. So um, I'm married. I have two kiddos and uh, I have, uh, you know, in, in, in the capacity that I've been exposed to Christ literally since before I was born. Um, right. And my parents were, were Christians, music ministers, and I grew up in the church and in faith. Um, I also grew up in um extreme poverty right and you guys um, lived in the desert we high did. desert yes and no electricity mm-hmm. for, no, for no running water it came in you know in a well or no well no no running water it came in a a tank a tank truck would bring it out periodically um, and how do you know if that water was clean so oh, like, i know for a fact it wasn't sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah ex- extreme you're the one poverty. that discovered that by the way i am yes <laughs> um and so from that uh, upbringing, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, lots of lots of teasing, you know, we were the kids with weird names. I'm named Cricket. And what about your and, clothes? Did you wear weird clothes? Oh, yeah. Like, Ugh. you know, for sure. Old, like, old, old clothes, used clothes, down. all this stuff. Yeah. And, and whenever you and went to school the how, first year. How clean could we have been because our water supply was so limited, right? So for, did, for did a, you take a, showers? A time. We took baths um, when? once a week. Oh. So parents bathed first. And then you the girls. The same bath water. Oh yeah, and then the girls, and then the boys, um, last because, <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, so that. Um, wow. That in and of itself is not you know that's it, very to us in our very like city lives, right, but right, that right. that wasn't like such a trial. I don't think to me that was kind of what I knew. So it you know until it became that kind of topic where you were teased, like the girl with the weird name, the dirty kids, the, one the that kids smells? that live out there. Yeah. Did and you and ever, the crazy hair. That was always a thing. Like the kids. Did you always, did hair. you ever have like odor that you couldn't get rid of? Like, I mean, I mean, you, I'm sure we did. I don't, you I don't know that I was it. that aware of Cause it. Cause I'm, I'm just being honest. I'm being very transparent. I don't know if you know this part about my story is that we had, we lived in camped out and mm-hmm. we lived with an outhouse and we had yeah. no running water and it was, my parents were making games of it. Oh, let's rough it. And mm-hmm. really, in reality, it was just not. It was the kids t- tease us at school. Yeah. Yeah. So that does something to your yeah. security, to to your identity, right. to who you believe you are. Yeah. And um, poor. So poor, not worthless. Wor- yeah. Un- less not worthy. than, mm-hmm. unworthy for sure. Loser. So, 
that yeah, was, you know. yeah. And so I, I instituted this um, pattern of trying to earn value um, and even self-sabotage to make sure that I never really could. And that's just these patterns that I'm kind of realizing as I, you know, get older and hopefully wiser and more mature. Um, so, so that, that as that's my identity and I'm working against it, there's like this kind of strange blend happening in my, in my young adulthood and, and, and into my adulthood of just like this pride, um, which could be mean and mm -hmm. unloving, uh, blended with this insecurity because I, I always knew secretly, like I was, I was unworth, I was worthless, yeah. right? I had no worth. I had no value. And as long as I worked, then this pride would go like, oh, I'm doing it. Except for that. If for a moment I stopped or, or if I stumbled or where I made mistakes, there goes all that value. Right. 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 So then even if I made a mistake, I had to fight like to, to figure out a way to explain it or to cover it up or to make it someone else's fault or responsibility because otherwise, what was I? I had no value. Yeah. It was um, like your facade. Mm -hmm. You were wearing this like costume to the ball and nobody knew Cinderella. Except for it's barely pinned together. Cinder, Cinder, Just trying to keep those pins yeah. in. You yeah. were like, you literally, I mean, I, I, you remind me of a story of Cinderella because like you were hiding who you were mm -hmm. and you wanted to be this person that was not, you yeah. know, that not that poor girl, not the girl well, that nobody loved. Really funny because um, attention, having uh -huh. attention, really, I couldn't stand it. Not even positive attention. It was just, it was so, I, I really wanted to be really, really good and valuable for, for doing things that I was doing, but also no one to look at me. Like, don't look at me, don't notice me, don't talk about me, don't even praise me. Even just someone saying like, good job or saying thank you for something was like, oh, okay. It was, I mean, it was really hard wow. to even cope with that. Yeah. So, um, would so, you get embarrassed when someone would, because I've felt that before. Like, I get embarrassed when someone compliments me and, mm -hmm. and celebrates me. I don't, mm -hmm. like, my birthdays, I don't want to, I'm just, go, you know, it's weird. Oh, yeah. Why, why is that? Why do you think we do that, Cricket? Why I do we do that? there's parts of us, parts of our soul that's still healing and yeah. just doesn't think we're worthy. Yeah. That's what I, that's really what I believe. I, I, I think, it, it, did you feel embarrassed to be praised at all? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, good job, Cricket. You did such oh, a yeah. good job. You know? Yeah. I think wow. happy birthday is just such a strange tradition in America anyway, like singing and staring at the person. And what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed birthday. to do? You're supposed to <laughs> smile and I don't, I don't know, know what. It's, it's just super so uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. My husband goes like this. Uh -huh. I'm like, honey, would you? He's like, no, no, no. Celebrate me. <laughs> He's so different than me. Oh, my husband too, for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, a couple years ago, well, I, I'll start back with, um, you know, uh, bef before that when, and I've been on the show before and thank you for having me back, but we shared about when I discovered that my husband had a secret addiction. Mm -hmm. um, part of the process of us working through that was separately working on ourselves. And, and through that process, there were so many of those um, insecurities and, and, and beliefs and lies that I believed that I was able mm -hmm. to identify and take apart and find the truth and let Jesus heal those broken pieces. Right, right. So that's kind of where the work began. And then um, about but four years- But how did you find him, by the way? My husband? Yeah, where did you meet him? I met him at a, the, a, a showing of a film that he was in. So- um, What? I, yeah, I actually- Did you ever tell me the story? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I met I him at the wrap party. So the wrap party for the final day that the film was airing in like our little local theater in the high desert in our small town. Uh, he was he was at oh, the wrap so party. he was a star. And, and you... he was a star. <laughs> 
Yeah, a little <laughs> overnight movie star. And he liked little old me. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. You're very impressed with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's, that's, that's how I met him. And about uh, 11 years into our marriage is when I discovered um, the, the secret porn habit. Right. So we do the work through that. And then about... Which he's a pastor now. He is a pastor. He's a discipleship pastor. Now. I know. He's, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is crazy what call, God will call you to when you surrender yeah. to him. Yeah. When you let those broken things heal. Right, right. When you see the truth behind the lies and tear away those lies, uh, you'll follow God anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. really good. So then you you found about, you know, you guys got married and you're, I mean, you're still this little insecure girl inside. Mm -hmm. I mean, do, you didn't really have the Christ yet, the factor, like the... You didn't really understand his... I had Christ. Um, to, to what extent, though? Did you have the legalistic Christ? The rule Christ? I had... Keep the rules Christ? There was... Yeah, that was primarily, I think. <laughs> um, I think primarily that's the Christ I was exposed to. and there Which was, is what? Explain what was, that felt like, like the atmosphere in the church that you went to. Oh, so we bounced around churches. I didn't go to a church, not even a denomination. We hit them all. Um so we generally stayed at a church anywhere from a one week to a month to a year. Oh, wow. And I don't think we really ever went to a church longer than a year. Why? Um, Just it didn't feel like the right fit? No, there are a lot of reasons. And um, that, you know, that was my parents' decision. So oh, I don't oh, think parents, they were able okay. to stay planted in a community right, right. for longer than about a year, usually. That um, sounds like my dad. And that yep. comes a lot out of, there was mm -hmm. a lot of offense uh, going yep. on within those situations. And offense, by the way, is one of the two biggest sins that I have to battle. <laughs> that is that is my family's native language is yeah. offense. Oh. Um and so uh, that, you know, that is what I was taught. Yeah. It's what I observed yeah. and it is, it is what I practiced. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is protection. Control, protection, mm -hmm. walls. I've got boundaries. Get away from and me. And if I'm offended, then you're wrong. You're not. And you're not good enough. It doesn't matter. That's what right. The, yeah. And you're not. You're bad and I'm good because mm -hmm. I see your errors of your ways. Yeah. <laughs> so, so offense and pride. Those are, those are those two things that I have to keep keep my eyes open yeah, but so to you and they were jumping 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 but then when you got married then now you're with him mm -hmm. you with matthew and so you guys created a beautiful family because i know i know one of your kids kind of a little mm -hmm. bit more than the other mm -hmm. but she's so cute <laughs> um but where was christ in that like you got married had babies like so it, it's kind of hard to explain i i knew christ and i had him um and he, I've had a relationship with him since I was about seven. Um, and I know that's early, but that is, I, I truly <laughs> walked in a relationship with him so far. And and there were things that I just wasn't willing to surrender yeah. and things like his grace Maybe that I wasn't know. willing to accept. Well, how about I, you didn't I didn't know, know but also... Um, when you're used to a pain, that pain becomes comfortable mm -hmm. and letting it go mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is hard. It mm -hmm. takes an active decision, an active work. You have to make a decision that I don't want to hurt like this anymore. And I like, you know, we think of like pain being like, of course, nobody wants to feel pain, right? Except for that that's not true. We do. We get used to it and mm -hmm. it's comfortable and it can be really, really hard to let go of. In fact, on one of your recent episodes, you talked about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that, that comfort and that, that unwillingness um, to let go of the familiar is part of 
what contributes to this high level of unforgiveness that we see in the body of Christ, right. uh, in the church, big church, is is that right. fear yeah. of, um, you know, there's also that what, sense of entitlement. I'm entitled to my pain. That's right. What about I forgetting? For because for me, it was forgetting that I was mad. Mm-hmm. I forgot I was mad, Cricket, mm-hmm. so I couldn't forgive because it was so ingrained in me that I'm mad, mm-hmm. but yet that person, I kind of pushed him to the side. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot why. Why don't I like them? Oh, I know why. And it's harder when you're right. When your unforgiveness is justified, yeah. when your pain is justified, like I was saying, when you've suffered for it, you've earned it, the right yeah. to hold on to that unforgiveness or the right to retain that That was pain. a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of work building that wall. Yeah. It took a lot of bricks. Yeah. A lot of hits. Mm-hmm. So um, you you said you knew Christ, but yet you just didn't accept His grace. I knew Christ. We when we got married, we had a, a clear, firm. I mean, many discussions and a clear, firm understanding that our marriage would be built on Christ. Mm-hmm. I believe um, the reason that we made it through the hard things we made it through that I've seen other marriages not make it through was that we agreed before we were married, that Christ would be at the center of it. I'm not saying we stayed true to that for the duration of our marriage. <laughs> I'm not even saying we do every day now. We try. People are human. But right, <laughs> right. We fail, right? So, um, but we had that understanding. And so when um, when the time came to talk about divorce and to talk about, um, you know, the, the separating even, mm-hmm. there was the, um, there was that that Holy Spirit living in me who said, you know, you going to talk to me about this or are you going to make decisions about your life? And, and I made plenty of decisions about my life on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I rejected God's calling from a very early age. I, I even refused to like look at it because I, you know, if I, if I looked at it, then I would have to make a conscious decision not to follow what he was calling me to. So instead I just didn't even look at it. I made decisions. I pursued things on my own that I, that I wanted to do separate Mm -hmm. from God's calling. And my husband did as well, which is why, you know, we're full grown adults with almost grown children, finally following his call into ministry. You know what though, that it's so good that you're explaining that because you're giving people permission and let's give people permission that are married already, that are, that have lived their life and they're in their thirties, forties, fifties, and they just, even their twenties, or maybe seventies. I don't know who's watching or listening that it's okay to just figure it out as you go, mm-hmm. as long as you're following him. Mm-hmm. And if you get off track for a little while, because, um, you wouldn't have done this earlier if you you wouldn't be who you are now in other words if you wouldn't have made those other decisions to Mm -hmm. not do what he said Mm -hmm. so to find out if that was really well maybe it's better over here you know like maybe i would do better in that position Mm. but i i so how did well how did that happen and click because i know that you this was more recent Mm -hmm. like maybe before i met you obviously yeah but I mean, it's it's such a revelation to you because yeah. we're we're going to be doing this thing that you went through mm-hmm. that I think is very valuable. Yeah. So for you've had staff uh, and for you know the girls. Yeah. You've had Carter Featherston on the mm-hmm. show before, and he brought to my church uh, almost five years ago now uh, his um, Pure Heart mm-hmm. um, weekend, and uh, my husband attended it first about a month before I did, and you know, practically sat on his fingers for the month waiting for me to go. And um, (laughs) it's a weekend of... Was he excited for you to go? Oh, yes. But he couldn't, he didn't want to kind of... He didn't want to tell you He didn't want to set anything Mm -hmm. up in my mind or tell me how I was supposed to respond to it. So he just kind of quietly like waited for so me he to was go. obeying god inside of him because mm-hmm. another person i might have been like okay cricket this is what's gonna happen mm-hmm. you gotta do no yeah <laughs> right so so i went to the weekend and um 
there's so much. It's really a set of tools about how to um, surrender and to live the truth of Jesus Christ. And one of the primary tools that I took away from it that has really changed my walk with Christ, changed my heart, changed how I parent, how I'm a wife, how I'm a friend. And someone at work. I mean, and employee. You told me that Mm -hmm. at your old job, you were, people didn't like you. Some people didn't like you because you were the, weren't you the manager? I, of, I was a back office supervisor. Okay. Yeah. So there were some people that were like, dang, cricket. Yeah. So as I'm operating out of harsh. <laughs> insecurity and pride, what does that look like? I mean, what does it's, that, what does it's it look like? very unforgiving. It's yes. very graceless. It's uh-huh. unkind. It's uh, superior. It's condescending. It's rude. And, and that is, I think, um, a, a good portion of people would have described me that way. Wow. In those days. Wow. Um, I just can't see you being like that. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen you be a certain ways, but you're just always kidding or you're like, you know, you're, you're never unkind like that. Well, uh, I, you know, I pray that God continues that work in me. I How believe he, he break is. did he down your wall? Because that's... So that's, it was the, the, the primary, that primary thing that changed for me was identity. Um, and I've heard that term before, that identity in Christ, but I didn't, I never, I think either I did, it wasn't explained to me right, or I just didn't get it. And maybe my heart just wasn't in the place to receive it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I had to go through the things that we went through and right. that, that breaking down that happened before I mm-hmm. went. I don't really know, but um, but the Holy Spirit made himself known to me and, and revealed myself to me. Oh, and um, Ephesians, oh gosh, yes. <laughs> It Go was, ahead, do your Ephesians. It was, it was everything Dude. breaking, right? Oh, yeah. So Ephesians 1, uh, 4 through 14, really 1, 1 through 14, um, tells us our identity, that, we're, that we've been made holy. Yes. And that in and of itself, just stopping there, was so hard for me to get my mind around. Um, How because, is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't act holy all yeah. the time. Yeah. And so how could I, and, and that's like a different kind of pride that mm-hmm. I didn't feel entitled to, and I'm not entitled to it, but I didn't earn it. He gave it to me. It's a gift that I, I receive to yeah. be holy, to be righteous, mm-hmm. um, to be, to be blameless, to be, um, chosen and to be redeemed mm. redemption. Oh my gosh. How do we, you know, how do we even begin Mm -hmm. when we're living just a regular life, right? Right. And like I said, when I'm not even looking at the calling God's calling me to, and he's telling me in here that, that he's already done that for me. Yeah. Um, a child of God. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. And you, that you don't have to earn, uh, acceptance. You can't, you you can't earn it. Right. I can't. And, 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 that that's what happens to like say your position you had it was like well i did this and i'm the boss and you better listen to me because mm-hmm. you know you felt maybe did you feel entitled mm-hmm. prideful of course you've worked yeah. so hard to get to that point mm-hmm. you you earn this position so mm-hmm. listen to me mm-hmm. and i i just want to say that even in ministry people that are striving so badly to make it let's say on social media and whether they're trying to speak somewhere they're trying to become head of a company and be this person that they want to be and they're doing it all in their own strength Mm-hmm. So they don't know who they are in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's going on with that? Yeah, I think that comes down. Well, and it goes back to that trying to earn. What are you trying to earn? What do you think you can earn? And what's go- what, how, what how's can it gonna you make you do happy? that would be good enough right. um, that's going to even come close 
it, you know, um, we have the, the Ten Commandments given to us in the First Covenant, and we see exampled again and again in the Old Testament, we can't keep ten simple rules. Yeah. Again True. and again and again. We can't keep the, the first chosen. Two. You have, I mean, these <laughs> people that God puts his spirit on, mm -hmm, David, mm -hmm. and here he goes, mm -hmm. just messing it up. Oh, and I mean, thank the Lord. He was good he, at that. <laughs> I love him. I can't wait to meet him. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's one so, of my favorites. <laughs> so, but but there's that example, and it's it's there again and again and again mm -hmm. in the Old Testament that we just we can't keep send ten simple yeah. rules, and yeah. that's okay. We don't have to because God already knew all of it. Yeah, and He had a first plan from the beginning, which was Jesus. Yeah, and He sent Him, and He He shed His blood right to forgive our sins. Mm -hmm. Then He died on the cross to kill our sin nature. Mm. Then he rose from the dead mm -hmm. and sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. And um, in Ephesians 4, I'll, I'll just share this fantastic. I love Ephesians 4. I love Ephesians in general. Me too. It's a great book. Me too. Um, but uh, I'm so sorry. It's actually Ephesians 1. And oh no. It's I okay. thought I marked it and I didn't. Just, okay. <laughs> just, 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 just uh. he, he tells us here in Ephesians 1 that the Holy Spirit um, is proof of mm -hmm. our salvation. Yeah. And how amazing is that? Yeah. Yeah. That He sent His Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit lives in us. And that's proof of our salvation. Right. Because your heart. have to wonder. Totally. And I just thought of that one. Um, the the scripture about our heart being hardened and but then turning our heart into the heart of flesh proof right there mm -hmm. the holy spirit's come in and now we're soft-hearted we're, we're forgiving yeah. we're loving we're oh my gosh i was a, ta a rude taskmaster master i i have to be nicer now <laughs> we didn't think about the other people's problems or their issues or their pain and their hurt and their trauma yeah and now we it's proof because now you're forgiving that person you're giving that person grace that the holy spirit's indeed entered your heart and is living in you yeah the, we got the like thing four, i will say four minutes too, left okay um the thing i will say too is that when we talk about that like now i have to be nice it wasn't even that i didn't have to make that decision my decision was to surrender the the change the transformation came from the holy spirit living mm -hmm. in me I used to do that behavior management. No, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna yell at my kids today. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna say a single word, word today. I'm not gonna yep. gossip anymore. Yep. I'm gonna fight that. Go Except for that, when I surrendered, when I received this identity, when I received the truth of who God says I am, and chose to live out of that, and faced those uh, those oppositions that came against me, the enemy telling me like you're worthless. But don't forget, you're still worthless. And I don't you remember knew, that little girl in the mm -hmm. old farm and then they had no food and you didn't take a shower. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I knew the truth, though, and I could say, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not that. That's not who I am. Yeah. And sometimes there's ways that are how I am. I need yeah. to work on those, but I don't ever have to work on who I am because I don't decide that God does. Yeah. And he already did. It, it's so good because I just thought it, I'm getting visions. I don't know why of the prince coming with the shoe saying, did you forget your shoe? This is who I made you. Put the shoe back on, mm -hmm. and then taking her out of that bondage relationship with her step her stepsisters and her mother mm -hmm. to take her into the kingdom of God. It's saying you're forgiven and you're loved, and I'm your husband. Let's go, you know, like let's yeah. go. Quit trying yes. to be someone you're not. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I see that. So I don't amazing. know why. And yeah. that's if we if we imagine what the body of Christ would be doing today, 
if every day we lived out of this identity? I mean, I even think our agency would have grown faster. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm really happy that you're with us, Cricket, because and even if you weren't, you'd still be my friend. I mean, you have brought such um, blessing and revelation and wisdom to our agency uh, with your with your heart uh, healing that you've gotten with helping our just everyone function better and think outside the box with why are you reacting to this problem this way? This is not who you are. This is who you are in Christ, you know? And yeah. if, you, if you really knew, you could really handle that very well. Like there was one time that I didn't want to face something. You were like, is that the hurt Annie reacting? I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> it's the little girl saying, you know what? I'm going to say some explicit swear words and then I'm going to just go. But no, face it. Mm -hmm. it. When we have Christ in us, we can face things that we're so afraid of. Yeah. And then we find that, oh my gosh, I love doing this. I love being brave. You know, being uh, filled with Christ and realizing our purposes is, is just really important. Uh, i tell you what, we, there's one minute left. How can people, uh, if they want to like, I know that you're not like a big social media person, but if they want to email you with questions and get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you? They can email me at hookcricket, K-R-I-C-K-E-T, at hookersforjesus.net. And you can email me anytime, any question or information or thoughts or anything. Yeah, and there's something called, if someone Googles uh, owl soup, mm -hmm. they might find you there. Mm-hmm. There's a cute little blog and story about her childhood. Please, my friends, if you can, go look that up. It's so adorable, the story, because it really touched my heart, Cricket. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having you're, me back. Yeah, you're such, you're such a revelation, and you're full of wisdom and blessing, and you walk in authority, and I love you, and I thank I you. You too. And so, you guys, thank you so much for coming on Pink Chair. We'll see you next time, because we're going to have a really exciting guest coming up. You don't want to miss it. See you later. Hi friends, let me read you a little story. He who sold me a dream. Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Ecclesiastes 5-7 The Skyway Lounge in downtown Minneapolis was a happening strip joint. Slick businessmen in fancy suits strolled in for lunch and after work, ties loosened, money rolling. The tips were great, the best in the area. And the dancers lined up to work at this place. I was lucky to be a regular. One Saturday night, I was dancing to Prince's Kiss, giving some special customers a little glimpse of skin, when in walked a man who caught my attention. The bright lights illuminating the catwalk stage couldn't distract me from how gorgeous he was. A cross between a young Billy D. Williams and Denzel Washington, he wore a gray tweed suit and pointy loafers. He walked confidently, light and smooth, his jerry curl pulled back in a sleek ponytail. Yes, that was the introduction to my boyfriend turned pimp, sex trafficker in Las Vegas from Minneapolis. This is my book that I wrote and also on audio in my voice. It's called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. You can go to hookersforjesus.net and click on the book and order it. You guys, listen, everyone needs to get educated on sex trafficking and how traffickers coerce and use their looks, their romantic intentions, and how they groom victims into becoming victims of trafficking eventually and tied into these sex trafficking wings where they cannot escape and actually could lose their life trying. 
So I'd love you to read my book. Go to hookersforjesus.net and click on it and enjoy and let me know what you think. Give us a rating and comments on Amazon. Thank you. Thank you.